Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by Seven Sisters Homeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I'm Vicki, and I am so excited to be here with someone that I wish I met 30 years ago. This is Carol Topp, the Homeschool CPA who also has a podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. So, hi, Carol. Hey, good morning, Vicki. You know, Vicki, I'm, I'm a little worried about your social life if you're very excited about talking to a CPA this morning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the, uh, I think I would probably be intimidated if I had to talk to a real CPA as far as outside of the homeschool oh, okay. world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you're a real CPA that <laughs> smiles and laughs. Oh my laughs. gosh! So, so one of the best compliments I ever got was when my pastor, a new pastor at our church, met me, and he said to me, "You got a lot of personality for a CPA." <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. So, uh, I remember Carol and I met last year at the Two to One conference, mm -hmm. and uh, so Carol introduced herself, and I was, I'm sorry, I'm so surprised, you know, like, oh, she's such a nice person, and she's a CPA. <laughs> We're nice people. We're just a little yeah. boring. We're just a little boring. Yeah. That's all. Just, just beyond the average person's intelligence. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> So, so I, I was really, really thinking to myself the other day, how can we help our fellow homeschoolers who are starters for things? So I know um, Marilyn, our seven sister Marilyn and I, over the years have started a number of co-ops and a homeschool umbrella school, and we've been leaders in a large homeschool support network. And now we have our sevensistershomeschool.com with all of our other sisters. And every single detail about an organization and how to run an organization and money, which nobody lets me touch because I can't add. <laughs> so all of that we had to figure out ourselves. And sometimes it went okay and sometimes it was bumpy. And here we have Carol, who can tell us how to start an organization. So, Carol, if we had a homeschooler mm -hmm. um, who wants to start a co-op or some other homeschool organization, can you just spend a while and tell us how to do a startup? Yeah, that, yeah, that would be great. Let me give you a, a, an overarching view and of money. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then I'm going to give, we'll talk through six steps that an organization should, six, we can manage six, right? Six, we, okay. I can even count to six, yeah. <laughs> On my website, homeschoolcpa.com slash resources, there's a written checklist. And it's a little longer because I go into more details. So just some people like to hear things, other people like mm -hmm. to read things. So there you can get both. Um, yeah. so, so we'll put the links in the show notes. So yeah. Carol's Carol's podcast is awesome. It has a lot of this information too. And her website's amazing. Yeah. So. My podcast is called dollars and cents show.com. That's a, uh -huh. a web page I put up for it. But mostly lately for about the last six months, I, I should rename it like homeschool leader podcast or something. But yeah. um, because I've been mostly focusing on things to help homeschool leaders like this. So let me just tell you, in general, you all know in the United States, we have an income tax, right? Yes, so yes. when you take money from people for delivering a service, especially homeschool co-op, um, you are in business by default. 
you are in business and you because you've made income and you've delivered a service. So the IRS expects you to pay taxes on any profit in that business. But you say, but no, 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 we're not a business. Okay, we're a nonprofit. Well, then you have to organize and operate like a nonprofit. That's what the IRS is, those two O's. Organize and operate. Well, what they mean is you have to organize like a nonprofit, which means you have to be run by a team called a board of people, not one person. One person cannot start a nonprofit. A nonprofit is not owned by anybody. So have a board. Uh, and the mm -hmm. second thing you need to have is some sort of starting document, bylaws. Well, I have sample bylaws on my website if you want to see them. Or what Hooray might for be Carol. called? Yeah, might be called mm -hmm. um, articles of association or articles of incorporation. Okay, these are like like the founding document that says we're a nonprofit. We're not a business, and that's it. That's all it takes to start a nonprofit. Okay, but most of us won't need one more step, and we'll go through these steps a little more carefully. But basically, I've kind of covered two or three of them already. We, need, we want one more step, which is tax exemption, because oh, in yes. the United States, the IRS gives tax exemption, meaning tax-free status to some, most, nonprofits. Woot! So that's what we want. That's a separate step. It's not really automatic, uh, unless you're tiny, tiny, um, or a church. They get it automatically. So, um, you, know, it, you know, it used to be so easy... Like uh, 20 years ago, maybe when you first started a group, uh, Vicki, you, you didn't have to do much with the IRS. Uh, you could just start. You could even go to the bank and open up a checking account and just tell them you're a nonprofit, and, and everybody was happy. <laughs> I think that's what we did. <laughs> so we had one of the dads, you know, file some kind of, you know, income tax something, and that's all we ever had to think about it. He probably went to the bank, and they probably got it for you, what's called an employer identification number, mm -hmm. which is like a mm -hmm. social security number for a for yeah. a nonprofit or for a business. Yeah. And it's it's an identifying number. And that's really all you needed. And you started mm -hmm. collecting money and that was it. But yep. everything changed in 2007 when the IRS mm -hmm. got Congress to pass um, a law that said, okay, all these tax-exempt organizations out there, even the little ones that never had to report into the IRS, now you got to report in every year. Uh, and if you don't report in... So it did in, change. Yeah, yeah, it did change. 2007, that was 10 years ago, though. Yeah. Um, and I'm still hearing from groups about, I didn't know. I didn't know I had to report <laughs> in every year. So we go from there. Okay, well, yeah. let's fix it. So yeah. we go from there. Um, I do have a checklist. You want me to go through the checklist? Would that help? Let's, uh, checklists it. are nice because it helps us organize our thoughts. And those of us that are a little bit ditzy or lost on this process, it's yeah. nice to have a and list it, like, oh, I do this and this and this. Yeah, It can be, it can be really confusing. So I'm glad yeah. we're doing this verbally because people can even yeah. read stuff and get confused. But sometimes hearing is yeah. better. Okay, I yeah. should back up and say... Uh, most homeschool groups, probably 75% of homeschool groups are nonprofits. They're run by a board of people. They don't have a mm -hmm. profit motive. So I did talk about organizing like one, meaning a board and some organizing document like bylaws. And you have to operate like a nonprofit, meaning you don't have a profit motive. Mm -hmm. No one gets the money in their pocket at the end of the day. But, Vicki, I am finding more and more homeschool groups sometimes formed as for-profit businesses. And one of the most common is classical conversations. Each of those classical conversations communities are for-profit businesses owned by each director. 
No, there's nothing so, wrong with that. Except those, no. mm-hmm. those they pay taxes. <laughs> they don't get right. tax exempt status. So, so there's you have to clarify whether you're making some profit on it or just doing a nonprofit organization. And it's really your motive and who owns yeah. it. That's really that's mm-hmm. really the big difference. It's kind of a funny word, nonprofit, because nonprofits can make a profit. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish they had called it uh, board controlled or something like that, yeah. not owned by a person, kind mm-hmm. of, but that's a little unwieldy. So <laughs> we go with nonprofit. <laughs> so I'm going to give this checklist, and this checklist is really more the checklist for groups that are nonprofits. Sounds good. And the first thing to do is to gather that board of people together. So, like I said before, one person cannot start a nonprofit, it needs to be a minimum of three. Um, you know, and typically they're things like um, the the president of the board or chairman of the board, same 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 title. They're kind of the head honcho. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean they do everything; just means they conduct the board meetings. And then there's usually the treasurer and the secretary. The secretary is the keeper of the papers. The papers. And um, my my latest product I just released is a board manual, which is a template for a secretary to put together a, a binder for her board members with all the important papers in it. So I, I highly recommend that. It's mm-hmm. awesome. I was looking at it like, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, it's something I should have I should have offered years ago because yeah. people would, um, homeschool leaders would, would call me. I'm on the phone with them and, and I'm saying, what's your employee identification number? That's uh, yeah. step three. But, you know, what, you know, do you have any documentation? Do you have any paperwork you filed with the state? And they don't know because someone did it, you know, 20 years ago. Right. And, and the paperwork's been lost or something. So I wanted to create this binder so that it can be passed down. And some things I even, I, well, I don't jokingly, I'm seriously saying, laminate this page. This, this yeah. from the IRS, laminate this page. Make 12 photocopies yeah. of it, laminate it. <laughs> and I, you know, those are things that I would never have thought of. As many organizations as I have helped start is extra copies or things that are important. You laminate it. Uh, because if it gets lost, the IRS is not going to say, oh, okay, we'll just send you another copy. Yeah, sometimes they don't. They say, this is your only copy. Yeah. So, you know, electronic copies, too. Set up a, a Google Docs and take photographs of these uh-huh. important papers and load them up on, a, you know, on the cloud somewhere so that someone can find them again. So that's the first step. Gather your board, and the first thing they should do would be to write these bylaws. Again, I have sample Mm -hmm. bylaws, so don't freak out about it. You can Google homeschool bylaws and look at, you know, spend hours looking at samples. But, um, again, that's what makes you um, a nonprofit, having the board and having the bylaws. Step one, easier said than done, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, step two would be what structure do we want? And for nonprofits, there's only two choices. By default, you're what's called an unincorporated association. You're a gathering of people. The other choice would be nonprofit corporation, and that involves filing some paperwork with your state. You're not involving the IRS here. You're, you're involving your state. You go to the Secretary of State, and you file some paperwork saying, I want to form a nonprofit corporation. There's some advantages to it. You can read those on my website. Mostly they protect your leadership. Yeah. So now I got to tell you, Vicki, I don't think the little tiny support groups remember those, you know, mm-hmm. we, we were moms. We met in the basement of the church once a month. We didn't deal with yeah. a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that typically stay unincorporated associations. It's the Yeah, because you don't need all that. Yeah. Exactly. But those co-ops, they're dealing with 
higher risk because they've got kids running around. They're, they're collecting more money. They're the ones that go get nonprofit corporation in their state. Smart. Okay. Yeah. So that would be step two. Uh, step three, now that you have um, established a nonprofit corporation, that's like birthing a baby. A new baby's mm. been born. It's a new legal entity. It has to have a new identification number called an employer identification number, like a Social Security number, like I said earlier, for a, a business or a nonprofit. Okay, you get that from the IRS. Now, a lot of times groups do those out of order. They, they think, well, i got to open a checking account. You know, maybe they have a board. I got to get a checking account because people are giving yeah. me checks, right? Right. So they go to the, the bank. The bank says, well, you need an employer identification number. You need this number. So they go get that without thinking about, well, do I need bylaws first? Do I need to yeah. set up my myself as a nonprofit corporation or stay unincorporated? Okay. That's why we need your checklist. Yeah, because right I have have groups that, you know, then they have to go back and get any, a, a new employee identification number anyway. It can get kind of messy. So now you've got paperwork. You've got wonderful paperwork to take to the bank and open a checking account. You've mm -hmm. got people, hopefully the treasurer. Please appoint a treasurer. <laughs> Please do my CPA heart proud. You've got um, something like bylaws or articles of incorporation from your state that proves you're a nonprofit. And you've got this nice employee identification number from the IRS. You get those for free. You get them online. Very easy to do. My book, Money Management and Homeschool Organization, talks you through about how to get um, uh, we'll an employee identification Links number. in the show notes yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go open the bank account with those two pieces of paper. And you say, I want to open a nonprofit checking account. And the bank should be able to do that for you. Awesome. So that's step uh -huh. four. So again, a lot of people start with step one. Open up a checking account. You're not ready for that yet. You got to do some things first. Now you're ready to say, I'm a nonprofit in my state. I have a nonprofit motive. And now I want to go to the IRS and get tax exempt status. Now you can uh -huh. wait a little while if you want to. You can wait up to about two years. Um, and the IRS will look back to the date you incorporated, date you formed for tax exempt status. Don't wait the full two years because, you know, most groups do it pretty, pretty much right away. But if, you know, if you're launching your, your group and you just want to put it off a few months, you can do that. So that's what I help groups with, get tax exempt status with the IRS. It's easier than before. They made it easier in about, um, uh, let's see, 2014, they came out with an easy application. Uh, I like uh -huh. it a lot. Oh, good. It's really fast now. It only takes about 10 days to two weeks to get tax exempt status from the IRS. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And they dropped the price. It costs uh, about $275. That's the IRS fee to apply uh -huh. for 501c3 tax exempt status. So that's good news, isn't it? The IRS mm -hmm. dropped the fee and made something easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As, there's only time in history. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Oh my gosh. So we take advantage of it. So I got a phone call, I don't know, maybe a month ago, and this person said, well, we never applied for tax-exempt status because we were told by a lawyer 10 years ago or 12 years ago that it was going to be very difficult, and he wasn't even sure we were eligible, and et cetera, et cetera. And when I said, well, first of all, you're eligible. I've helped over 80 homeschool organizations. You're eligible. Okay. Yeah. And I told it when I told her only two weeks and $275, there was, there was like tears of joy in her voice. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you don't file for tax-exempt status, that means 
your organization has to be paying taxes. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I consider tax exempt is good. It yeah. is good. It is good. You know, not every country in the world offers tax exempt status to charities. This is a wonderful thing in the United States that we can get out of paying taxes for our group. And yeah. um, some some groups worry about whether that would be like. Um, government intervention there was one group just emailed me we're afraid that we're going to have to give up uh give over our membership names to the government and the government's going to tell us what kind of statement of faith we can have i was like no they Hmm. don't ask for the membership lists and no we still have freedom of religion and freedom of assembly so don't be afraid sorry constitutional rights are still there exactly and i think if we don't exercise them then you do lose them so exercise yeah yeah so that was step five. The last step is step six, where actually groups need to go back to their state, and don't worry, I help them with this, and then say, okay, now I need to tell my state that the IRS has blessed me with tax-exempt status. The state will give them tax-exempt status. And maybe the other nice perks like sales tax exemption. Wouldn't that be Ooh. nice? So when your co-op mm. buys something, you might not have to pay sales tax. It's not true oh in all goodness. states, but in mm-hmm. some states it is. And then I then I just tell them, okay, now you have to maintain this lovely tax exempt status every year at the IRS, um, depending upon the size of your group. It's either a very short form. The IRS even calls it their electronic postcard. You can complete it five minutes and you're done with the IRS. But you got to do it every year, or you lose tax exempt status. Ah, uh-huh. so right. And unfortunately, follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah they just want to know you're still alive. You know, and there was one group that didn't do it, and the treasurer didn't tell his president uh, until it was too late, and it, it, it was an arduous process to get it back. The IRS has made it a little easier as of 2014, again, to get mm-hmm. your tax exempt status back if you lose it. But you, nevertheless, you don't want to give them more money and, and me money to help you. So, um, yeah, so those are kind of the six steps. Um, like I said, again, they're, they're over at homeschoolcpa.com slash resources. Look for the checklist. So for those of us who are interested in serving our community by starting an organization, so a co-op or support group or any kinds of homeschool group, if we have questions, we can visit you. Mm-hmm. And I will put the links in the show notes. But Carol, this is so helpful and encouraging because the idea of starting a group and doing it right is very intimidating. So like we have freebies at sevensistershomeschool.com on how to do the human dynamics part, mm. like finding families and topics. Mm. But you have the scary stuff. You know? <laughs> so. We need to link back and forth to each other. I need, yeah. to, I need to put some of those links on mine because that's really not the stuff I do, Vicki. I don't really talk much about how to recruit volunteers or the people side of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a CPA. I do numbers and pay forms. Yeah. So, yeah, so we will put, please, please visit Carol, you know, check the show notes. And Carol, give your contact information right now. Yeah, uh, the best way to contact me is via my website, homeschoolcpa.com. Uh, the, the email, the, the contact page on there is a good way to email me. But, but, but go hang out a little bit on the resources page first. You might learn a lot. And then, uh, then if you want to, I set up a lot of phone calls, Vicki. But, it's, of course, it's always best if you get a little educated first so you're not wasting mm-hmm. your time and money um, paying me to tell you something you can read. Yeah. So go ahead, go ahead and read a bit um, on the website so you understand a little bit. When, when then we do have a consultation that's focused more on your particular needs. And they can also binge listen to you at the homeschool um, ultimate. ultimate homeschool <laughs> radio network. Radio what network. Is that thing <laughs> yeah, ultimate homeschool radio network. Yeah, yeah. dollarsandcentsshow.com. dot um, 
is how to find my, my podcast. Very good. Thank you, Carol, for visiting with us today. I, I feel so encouraged, and I am working on a nonprofit now myself. So you and I will be chatting more. Exciting. So, all right. All right. Thanks a lot, Carol. Okay. Thanks, Vicki. Bye, everybody. So this has been the Homeschool High School podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and SevenSistersHomeschool.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.